This is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. Need help around the house? Even the handiest do-it-yourselfer needs an extra hand sometimes. Let Home Inspector David Nason help you out during the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. And the Fix-It Show is sponsored by Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction. Dayton Kane taking the day off. I'm Libby Collins along with David Nason. And David, you know, we were just talking off the air because, of course, we had uh, uh, Rick and Chris from mm. Kohler Services right. here. Two really fantastic guys yeah. know their business. But I was, you know, I said to you, because my brother and sister-in-law have had a place up in, in Phelps for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And over the time you know, that they've had the place, they've done a lot of construction, a lot of remodeling. And it's impossible to get anybody to go up there and do a project. And especially once you do get them, if you use some of the locals, yeah. they'll start it and then they'll say, yep. Going hunting this weekend, yep. and, and, and then you don't see them for three weeks. Yeah, I got a I got a, a fridge full of beer that's calling my name. That yeah, but no, you're right. The, the fact that we uh, probably should have should have asked sooner in the hour, but they cover the entire state of Wisconsin. Yeah. So so the convenience for uh, a customer here and a listener who's here in the Milwaukee area to be able to go to their showroom in Menominee Falls, and we didn't really really didn't hit on it, but they. They have well, the one showroom in Miami Falls, and obviously the design center in Kohler. That's been there for a long time, so you could obviously go there. But they have shops, a shop for their crews in Appleton, and they're opening one in Madison. So now they, they call that, a, I guess, a hub. So so you're not sending a, a installation crew. Maybe you are, but you're not necessarily sending an installation crew from Milwaukee all the way up to Phelps or Mercer or, or wherever you are up north. But they have somebody who's almost that far. But but they'll go that far, so you can do all the prep work here, and then the crew comes up and, and does it up there. And plus, most most of their projects can be done in a day or two. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and and you know, especially for a smaller space, which a lot of the places up there have. Mm-hmm. And boy, you know, you want to go up and use your cabin or your your lake house. You don't want to be sitting there half the summer with. With guys yeah. coming in and working on it, and how convenient is it? Plus, they're all employed by Kohler. Right, right. or doing it yourself while oh, you're up there. Oh, please. You're going up there to, <laughs> to have fun and relax yeah. and everything. And, and, and I get it. Some guys, that's what they like to do. They like to do. But you know what? Do the little littler projects. Do the maintenance stuff that you have to do, and we can talk Change about stuff screens, like that. Change yeah. yeah. Clean your gutters and stuff like that. And let these guys bring all the materials that they need with them. They don't have to go shop local and everything. And bring that all up there with them, get it all done, and you get to use it when they're done. And one of the best things that they said is that if you call today or Monday or mm-hmm. whatever, they're they're going to get somebody over to your house to show you well, what's possible. Probably you know. not. They're not going to go up north and see your house. So you, so they also mentioned they can do virtual things. So right. if, you, if you have some pictures and things of what they need, they should be able to do all the planning ahead of time. But again, that phone number is 262 Three five seven thirty three hundred. That's two six two three five seven thirty three hundred. And then you can go to the website. And you know what I found on their website at uh, Kohler Services WI dot com. There's a quiz. Oh, I love quizzes. Yeah. You get to How'd take a quiz, and they ask you a bunch of questions to kind of feel you out as to which 
design of this Luxstone would suit your personality and your your personal preferences and also the decor of your home. So it's, it, I mean, it, it's great. So yeah, go to KohlerServicesWI.com, take the quiz. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a fun quiz. Okay. I, I, I like to, I, I love online did quizzes. Did you pass? I, d- I did pass. I did <laughs> it's, pass. Now it's I know not a which pass bath- or fail quiz. Now though. I know which bathroom I want, though. There you go. Honey, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, well, we've got the uh, Old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620 open. Old National Bank, get old if you want to get through, because this hour, David Nason is here to answer your questions, whether it's about plumbing or, you know, some bathroom projects right. like we were talking about, or or like you said, cleaning those gutters, or maybe you had a little bit of damage from the storms overnight. Um, but also just some safety tips yeah, for around the house. Stuff, right? Yeah. So I, I got to tell you, we've been busy around our home. And we bought, we just moved in last summer. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's those little things that need to be done. It was great shape. But there was one thing that was driving my husband and myself crazy. And that was the handrail that went from the main floor to the upstairs. Mm-hmm. It was too low. Yep. And you, you could just feel it. Yeah. When you, and it was too short. Sure. So we had, so we were able to find somebody who, who made a handrail for us. But then the question was, how high, how low do you want it? So, David, the question for you is, how high, how low, should a handrail be? And I'm going to let you think about it mm-hmm. because we're going to. We're going to check in here. we got some business to take care of. And it is the Fix-It Show, and we're going to have all of the answers to all of your Fix-It questions right after this. It is 70 degrees at 814 on WTMJ. From big fixes to do-it-yourself projects, this is the Fix-It Show with David Mason on WTMJ. All right, and this is the hour where you can talk to David. All of your fix-it questions will be answered on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. And before we get to one of those questions, we're talking about those handrails. And I asked you the question. Now, ours... We have 14 steps that go straight up. And they're, it's, so straight it's a, up? Wow. Yes, I know there's no landing, but it's such a cool house. Okay. And uh, it, it goes straight up. So a handrail was really important, but the one we had, both my husband and my husband's pretty tall. He's 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, so it was really low mm-hmm. for us. What is the exact height that a handrail needs to be in the interior of your house, David? All right. So there's not an exact height. Oh, now you tell me. <laughs> right. So as a home inspector, we look at things from the standpoint of safety and condition and everything. So I am taking off my home inspector's hat right now, and I am looking at the Wisconsin Uniform Dwelling Code. And our the state of Wisconsin has its own building code, or what we call the Uniform Dwelling Code. It's very easy to search online. All you have to do is type in WIUDC. And then if you have a question about something, so handrails, type in WIUDC handrails, and it'll bring up the section. So that we're, I'm looking at the section SPS 321.04, stairways and elevated areas. So anyways, we get down to handrails and also the, the terminology, a handrail is something that you grab onto as you go up the stair. A guardrail protects you from falling. So a guardrail would be a long, if it's an open stair on one side, that would be the guardrail so that you don't fall off the side. 
or if you have an open stair at the top, like a loft area, that's a guardrail around the top. A handrail is a wall-mounted uh, handrail. Which is what we had, a handrail. Yep. So handrails, handrails shall be located at least 30 inches, but no more than 38 inches above the nosing of the treads. That's eight inches difference. Now, where right. do you where do you come? I, what's what's the perfect? You're allowed to be between 30 and 38 inches. So okay, so you know what we decided on? This is true. 34 inches. They're right in the middle. 34 inches. Yeah. So it worked for us. So if you're hiring a contractor and somebody's installing this or maybe uh, replacing it or something, it would be best for them to ask you or for you to bring up to them, I want to be present when you're putting it in so I can stand there and and grab, okay, at this site, that's what's comfortable for me as long as it's within that 30 to 38 inches. And how far from the first step at the bottom... And the first step at the top, right. should that handrail be? Uh, it probably sends, says here, um, doo, 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 I'm looking, I'm not seeing it right. I know there is something that says there where it has to extend beyond, but I'm not, uh, I don't know it off the top of my head because, again, I'm, um, I'm not a code inspector. So okay. maybe we'll find that and we can come back to yeah. that. Yeah, well, so. Mike from Fond du Lac has right. a question related to this. Exactly. Um, he says he has three steps going from his patio door to the patio, and he wants to put a railing in, but what's the recommended or required height of that railing from the patio up to the patio door? Mm-hmm. So that's we're back to that 30 to 38 inches. And as, as he says, he has three steps. So at three steps... You're not required to have a handrail. What? Three steps or less. You're not required. So the code says, again, back you to the code. You don't have to have one? A flight of stairs with more than three risers. So one, two, three. And the reason is, is that a riser can be no more than eight inches. So if you have three risers times eight, that's 24 inches. So, so they figure you won't get hurt if you fall 24 well, inches? <laughs> basically, our code allows people to fall 24 inches because also a deck or an elevated area, if you have a deck off the back of your house, if that deck is less than 24 inches off the ground, you do not need a guardrail around that deck. So if you don't want an obstructed view, you don't have to have a guardrail there if you're 24 inches or less. But if it's more than 24. Now you have to have a guardrail. And if you have more than, so the three risers, works with that 24 inches. So if you have a deck that's 24 inches off the ground and you have three steps going up to it, no railings or guardrails are required there. As soon as you go more than three steps, so you're at a fourth step, now you have to have a handrail and it has to meet our codes, the 38 to 38 inches. Also, your your guardrail has to have your spindles and no space more than four and three-eighths inches uh, gap in, in that guardrail. So if you are putting a, that, if you're over 24 inches, let's say your deck is 26 inches, how high does your guardrail around your deck have to be? So guardrails are going to probably be in that same, uh, same uh, height. Well, actually, I believe guardrails are no, more, no less than 36 inches. Again, I don't have that uh, that memory. No less than thirty six. Right. So I suppose they can be as high as you want them. Well, generally between thirty six and maybe forty two at the most. But, but at least thirty six inches, because uh, Sue and Waukesha just had yeah. that question about what the guardrail rules are. Right. So you're saying at least 
36 yes. inches. So height guards are to extend at least 36 inches above the floor or underside of a stair handrail. Again, this, like I said, this our code is very easy to search online if somebody has a question about something. WIUDC, Uniform Dwelling Code, you can find anything. All right. We've got more questions about yeah, that. Right. We've got some questions here about stamping concrete. And, of course, we've got your question on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. It is The Fix-It Show with David Nason on WTMJ. Get home advice from the guy who inspects them for a living. Back to The Fix-It Show with David Nason on WTMJ. We got David David here. I'm Libby Collins and for Dayton Kane. And of course, your calls on the old National Bank talk and text line. What do you want to do? Should we go to the calls? Sure. All right. Let's go ahead and talk with um we got Al uh in Milwaukee. Okay. Hi, Al. Good morning. You're on the Fix It Show. Good morning. Uh I'm wondering uh with David as an inspector and uh goes through a home and finds out that the homeowner has done some work themselves. So what, what options do, does he tell me I have as a buyer? And, you know, what advice can he give me when, when I find myself then in that situation? Well, that's a good question because uh, I wouldn't say all, but very many homes that we see uh, have had work done by the, the homeowner. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to make sure you know what you're doing. Um, if there's a in, you know a permit needed for things, if there's a licensed contractor to require required for things, you got to make sure you're hiring that. But but carpentry type work and that kind of stuff, that's fine. So I'm not a code inspector, so we're not again we're not looking to make sure that the house meets code. That's not a home inspection. We look at the condition, looking for safety things. So if work was done by a homeowner, and like I said, I see it all the time. If it's functional, if it's in good condition. I, you know, that's, that's what it is. If things look just really done wrong. And a lot of times it comes down to the plumbing and, uh, as home inspectors, we're all very much aware when we see purple primer on the PVC piping, it was done by a homeowner, uh, because licensed plumbers don't use purple primer. So I'm giving that away to all you out there. You're all you do it yourself. Plumbers get the clear primer. Um, but if you want, as a buyer, you are able to go and find and contact the local municipality. If you're in Whitefish Bay, call up the Whitefish Bay in Building Inspection Department and ask what's on file for permits, where permits taken out for whatever project, and you can find that out. Now, the, the building inspector is not going to just automatically come out to that house and inspect it. A permit has to be taken out before they'll come to the house. So that's something you may have to work out with the homeowner. If stuff's done really bad, then you might want to address it. Like I said, if it's in good condition, working, functional, but it was done by the homeowner, it, you, that, you might have to just live with that. Okay, Mike, hopefully that answers your question. Al, that, hopefully that answers your question. And we've got more questions coming up. Sewer smells, bees under decks. We're going to get to all of them on the old National Bank Talk and text line at 855-616-1620. You don't have to do it yourself, but now you can. Welcome back to The Fix-It Show with David Mason on WTMJ. And it's the final half hour of The Fix-It Show. So if you've got questions for David, this is your opportunity on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Old National, get 
old. I'm Libby Collins in for Dayton Kane, and we, we've got to help out Susan in Waukesha because she's got bees under her deck. Okay. <laughs> All right, Susan, how many bees do you have there? Susan, Hi, there morning. you are. Good morning. Uh, I, I ha- good morning. Thank you. I have um, a couple of like at least two that keep going in between the boards under the deck. And then last week there, I saw two other ones, and they're not like a normal bee. They're like kind of smaller, fatter bees. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there's anything I can spray. I mean, uh, there's between the boards. It's just you know like a quarter of an inch maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, so unless you I can really know, get at yeah. their nest if you're trying to spray. I mean, you, I, that that probably is not going to be very successful. Um, I've worked with a company, they're out of Slinger, called Advanced Wildlife and Pest Control. If you, look, if you look at their website, right on the front of their website is pictures of bees and other pests and things like that. Uh, they, they should be able to help you out with that. Uh, and there are other pest companies out there, but I've worked uh, personally with, uh, with Advanced. So that, that would be somebody I would just call and, and have them come out and take a look. Okay, thank you so much, Susan. Good luck with those bees. Hope you can get that problem taken care of. You know, we were just saying off the air, we had that issue about a week or so ago. And, um, oh, my husband had a great deal of fun going after it. I bet. But it it takes care of it. All right, uh, we've got another question on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. And uh, Pat in Brookfield wants to know, what cleaner... Do you recommend for cleaning a decorative brick wall in a house? So, great question. And I'm going to lean on my old friend. Well, he's not that old, but my good friend, Tom Faza. And if you go to my website, which is, which is bestinspectionsllc.com, go to my website, and then on the tab at the top, it says content. Click on content. Then you go down home maintenance articles. And Tom has very graciously allowed me to put um, a number of articles that he has written over the years and put them on my website. So it says, um, I give all the credit to Tom here, but in um, one of them, the first one actually is called Just Fix It, the Absolute Best Home Repair Products. Click on that. On page three of that, it talks about stain removers, problem solvers. And there's a couple there that uh, would probably work but I think it's the first one. It's called Lift Off. And Tom says, Lift Off is my secret weapon for stain removal. You can purchase it as a stain removal kit, products, and works on graffiti, uh, spray paint, latex paint, ink markers. Um, and then there's another one called Mex, all-purpose cleaner. That one, he talks about cleaning things off of woodwork, brick, hearth. So maybe the Mex would be better. So anyways... Go to my website. There's that link that that Tom's got a whole lot of stuff there you can use. Okay, well that might uh, that might tie in with this next question because another one on the uh, text line that we had uh, somebody with stamped concrete who's getting a white discoloration mm-hmm. under the sealer would maybe that work on it? One of those could probably work on that with concrete. I read that question and and he says it only happens where the sun shines on it. So. What I, it's almost like bleaching, then. Well, what I'm thinking, so when we see white, a white powdery uh, substance on any kind of masonry, whether it's concrete block in your basement or stone veneer on the outside of your house or brick or anything, 
that's usually a, a evidence of moisture coming through the material. So like in your basement, if wa- you have, if you have a moisture problem and the water is coming through the basement wall and then you get this this white substance we called efflorescence. And so that's a that's the limes and the other minerals and and things that are in the masonry or the mortar or the concrete that are left behind when the moisture evaporates. So in this instance when the sun shines on it it dries the moisture it leaves behind it. So it seems like the the heat of the sun might be pulling that moisture through the concrete. Now, did he say that he's actually sealing it or just cleaning uh, it? The distributor of the sealer told me to use xylene. Xylene, that's a cleaner. Yeah. Um, so, do, do you, you, are you supposed to seal those, those you, stamped concrete? You really should. Pavers? Yeah. Uh, that's to keep water from soaking into it. Because, oh. again, mortar, concrete, concrete block, anything, stone, they are porous. Not, not going to allow water to just run through, but water, moisture can soak into them, absorb into them. And so if you seal it, that prevents that from soaking in and, and damaging. Do you have to use that sealer on, like, paver bricks? That would be a good idea. Really? Sure. I sure. never knew that. Any kind of concrete surface. I recommend it on concrete or garage floors. So often you see garage floors that the surface is pitted uh, from the salt. Concrete. Yeah, the concrete is. And that's from salt. Your car, you're driving around here, and we, we have winter. Hopefully it's a long ways off. But, you know, when they salt the streets, you drive your car in, in your garage, and then as everything melts on your garage and falls on the floor, that salt is very corrosive. It, it eats away at the concrete, so it pits it. But if you seal your concrete, so many people are using these epoxy or um, polyurea floors, uh, that will that will do a great job, but that's a little more expensive. But if you at least seal it, that should extend the life of your concrete. But yeah, you can do it to your driveway, your sidewalks, your pavers, your patios, your stamp concrete. It's a good idea. All right. Well, we've got more questions on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. So if you have a question for David Nason, we have an open line here for the next few minutes. So if you want to get through, this is your opportunity to talk with David on the Fix It show. Looks like we're going to get up into about, oh, the low 80s today. No humidity. It's going to be beautiful. Our temperature is 71 degrees at 842 on WTM. Don't just settle with home annoyances. Fix them. It's the Fix It Show with David Nason on WTMJ. Dayton Kane's off. He'll be back next week. I'm Libby Collins. We got a question here on the old National Bank talk and text line for you, David, about guardrails. We're gonna go back to guardrails. Okay. Okay. Does it matter which material you use when you put up a guardrail on a deck? So there are many different materials that you can use. The one thing that might limit the use of some materials is that a guardrail is supposed to withstand 200 pounds of lateral force. And how do so, you figure out how do you figure that one out, David? So so yeah, that that is very difficult. So you're obviously pushing on it, you know, if you're I'm close to 200 pounds. If I lean on a railing and it starts to feel like I'm going to fall over, I might question that railing. But, yes, it's it's a little difficult to measure because by the time you're pushing on it for 200 pounds, if it fails, now it's failed. So, Well, you're seeing a lot of contemporary homes that kind of use that glass. Glass. How's, 
I mean, are there certain uh, restrictions on what kind of glass that you can use well, in those it situations? Definitely has to be tempered. Any any glass that's in a in a door or in a railing, uh, it has to be tempered glass. And you know, in case it does break, it breaks into those million little pieces, and it doesn't not big shards of glass that are going to cut people up. So the 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 big thing with the railing is the structure, so the posts. And then the connection of the post to the deck itself. So that's that's where a, a railing will many times fail is that that connection. So it, it's got to be done right. You really need to have somebody who knows what they're doing to make to build that deck and the railing. Okay, here's another question on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, and it's about well, we were talking about pavers. Mm-hmm. Paver, they have a paver sidewalk. And it seems like the paver sidewalk is starting to sink a little bit because they're seeing sort of that concrete along the base of the house that's not painted. And they're wondering, you know, what do you need to do? I mean, is there a way to just boost that up or do you have to redo everything? So unlike concrete that can be raised or leveled, or the old term was mud jacked, but now we say raised or leveled because there's different products we're using you can't raise or level a paver patio or paver walk or driveway. You literally have to pull the pull the pavers up for an area and put more material. So most likely the sub base underneath the pavers wasn't done very well or compacted or they didn't use the right product because it's all about water drainage. Anything on the ground, you know, concrete, pavers, asphalt, if water gets underneath it, it's going to wash away the ground, the sub-base, and now the, everything starts to sink. So what do you so, have to use? What, what do you use for a base? You want to use a, a, a material that's compactable. So generally something called, um, well, it was just in my head. It, it's basically it's, um, uh, like a stones, with, but there's got to be fines materials. Uh, so it, basically you can compact it. Uh, traffic bond is what I was thinking of. So that's a, that's a material, it's a very fine gravel, and, and when it gets wet, it literally turns almost hard. Uh, you'll see it on driveways and, and other way, you know, walkways as well. Can you, use, can you reuse paper stones if you've used sure. them? You can? I think. You know, as I, long as I they're not know. mortared I'm... in place and they're in good shape. We talked a little bit about sealing them. You, know, you, you don't want to use salt on your pavers because salt is a very corrosive material. It eats away at concrete, your concrete garage floor that's from road salt so if you have a paver patio or a paver walk in the winter you want to try to use something other than salt one of these melt snow ice melt products or maybe just try to shovel as soon as possible and then hopefully the sun will help melt some ice but again if you have to use if you do get ice don't use salt all right, we're here with David Nason. We've got a couple minutes left if you want to get through on the old National Bank talk and text line with your questions. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. We're at 71 degrees at 851. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. He's inspected homes inside and out, and he's here for your home issues now. It's the Fix It Show with David Nason on WTMJ. Our final segment with David. We've got another question on the old National Bank talk and text line, David, about surprise. Another <laughs> another rail question. Yep. Okay, uh, they want to know if they need. They, first of all, they need a railing for stairs to the storage area above the garage. 
What type would you use, and and what do you think would work best, particularly since these are very steep stairs? Right. So in in many garages, you have the pull-down stair, but this sounds like this would be a permanent stair to a storage area up there. And, And of steeper nature, you really, if it's not a living space, the stairs do not have to meet our our codes for the rise and run of a standard stair. So a stair in your house that's going to a second floor living area, sleeping room or something up has, has requirements to meet. But when you're going to uh, a loft area or a storage area, they can be steeper, they can be narrower. What you really want to do is keep in mind safety. That's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, make sure that people can use them safe. A guardrail should be along the side of the stairs or both sides if necessary. Try to, have, try to, if you can, meet the standard for the openings in the guardrails so that mostly small children can't fall through, but still an adult could slip their leg through an opening or something. Uh, something like this, I've, used, I've given out the name of a contractor that I, I recommend a lot, uh, Lucano Construction. That's L-U-C-A. No construction. Bob Lucano is the owner of that company. He does smaller jobs. Um, he he may or may not take on this job, but uh, you'd need a, a carpentry contractor or or a good handyman. And there are some good handymen out there. You just want to make sure it's done right, right. and safely. Keep in safe. All right, Keep well, my... David, we are just about out of time, but you're still doing those home inspections. I am. Yes, uh, staying busy. We're seeing a little bit more an uptick in in people getting a home inspection in their contingency. Uh, so that's a good thing. It's it's never a good thing to buy a house without an inspection. I know it gets done. Sometimes people have to do that, if they, depending on the situation they're in. But you can give me a call if you want to do an inspection after you buy the house and you didn't have an inspection. We can always do that. That becomes your to-do list uh, to, to for you, all, all the maintenance repairs you might have to do. You can give me a call at 262 262- Four four three eight nine five eight. Check me out on my website, bestinspectionsllc.com. I would think too. You know, some people talk about selling their home for five years before they do it. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea right. to have you come out ahead of time and just kind of go over it and say, you know what, if you're going to yep. sell this house in the next five years, these are things you might want to take care of. Called a pre-listing inspection. That can be done anywhere from five years or three weeks before you sell your house. So definitely can do those as well. All right. And if you don't get a chance to call David, you can hear him next week because he will be back on The Fix-It Show. Dayton Kane will be back as well. I'm Libby Collins. I'll be back after the news with Adam. Oh, thank you, David. And uh, it's the Fox World Travel Show coming up here. And The Fix-It Show is sponsored by Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction. This has been The Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.